Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. I'm your co-host, Chad Simpson. I'm joined by my co-host, Gian Lemmy. Now, Gian, we have talked before, we both love to learn from different podcasts, and there's so many great ones out there. Why do we need a new one? I think because we both looked at our lives and said, you know, I think we could get better at being coaches, being Christian coaches, being better men for our families. And what better way than to have conversations with other coaches who are doing that already in their lives and with their teams and be able to share with others who want to listen to it. I think that's why we decided to start this podcast is so that through conversations, we can serve other coaches so they can better lead like Jesus. And so I think moving on with these new interviews every week, I believe that we will learn a lot as well as be able to help others learn as well. For sure. And we, we aren't the Christian coach. We're excited to learn from the Christian coach. And now, Gene, we, we go way back, don't we? We do. We do all the way back to 2008. There you go. And I remember you first came in as a freshman there at Liberty. I was two years old or I was a junior and uh, super excited for you to join the team there. We were, we were fortunate to play some doubles even um, our senior year. And um, we it's been a fun journey just to grow, to be able to uh, be at your wedding and uh, for our families to grow. And uh, you've been a great mentor for me to ask questions and um, learn from as, as a coach now. And I'm excited for, um, for the future. I know you, you just published a book. I, I just published a book. And now we're kind of thinking, what's next? Let's start a podcast. I think you, you, you hit it right on the head there. Uh, we've gone through most of our life changes around the same time. And you graduated just a little before I did. You got married just before I did. So I've been able to watch you make some mistakes first and then learn from you. But um, I think that this podcast, Doing It Together, is a great first initiative of working together again since college. And I hope to be able to serve others as well. For sure. And it's exciting to, to work with you and collaborate on, on these things. And you, you had the first interview um, with your boss for the past eight years, Jeff Marin, and it was a fantastic interview. I learned a lot. Um, but why don't you, you talk a little bit about um, what you guys discussed? You know, I've been blessed to work with uh, Coach Marin for eight years now. Um, together, we've accumulated more than 100 wins. Um, mostly because of his leadership and all the changes that he brought to the program once he, once he got here. And we talked about his coaching philosophy. We talked about what he does look for in an assistant coach and how he balances life and coaching together with his family and staying apart for so many days out of the year. Um, and I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation. Coach Marin, thank you so much for being here for our conversation. Uh, we always like to start with a question. What does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Well, thank you for letting me be a part of, of this show. And uh, that's a great question. I think being a, a Christian coach is something very special because it gives us the opportunity to um, combine our love for our faith in Christ, as well as our love for our, our specific sport. Uh, so being a Christian coach, I think, is being able to use the gifts that God gave you in that specific arena and to be able to glorify him, to be able to expand his kingdom. Uh, as we say often on our team, we're trying to raise 
a platform, a higher platform for Christ in our sport by having success. And so I think being a Christian coach always has that in, in, your, in the forefront of your mind that uh, you're doing this for something other than yourself and other than just the glory of, of winning, but it's more about the glory, uh, giving the glory to, to the Lord. And uh, so being a Christian coach is always having that in the forefront. Well, that's good. That's great. So you went to Thomas More College. And now you're the head coach at Liberty University, and you've been here for eight years. Um, how did you get to Liberty? Tell us a well, little bit a, about that. That's a, that's a uh, long winding path of a story, but uh, it's, it's definitely been uh, something that the Lord has, he, he's guided me all the way uh, from the very beginning. So uh, I initially didn't even want to play tennis. I didn't think tennis was for guys, I thought it was a girl's sport initially, uh, until I went and played and realized how difficult it was and how, how much effort it took. Uh, so I really fell in love with the sport and that led me to Thomas More College to play tennis there. And then, um, you know, I had some sex success as a player. And then after college, I, I tried to play, you know, some pro events and money events and realized I wasn't at that level. But while I was doing that, I was also coaching on the side, teaching lessons and um, I was also coaching, started up a college program uh, at my alma mater. And so that kind of sparked something in me. It made me realize that, wow, I, I think I actually have something here that I can do pretty well. Um, I, I think I probably can coach better than I can play. And, um, and so I started kind of pursuing that line and just moving down that line as far as teaching at clubs, coaching at clubs, running clubs, uh, coaching college teams. I started two college programs a women's program and a men's program, and just really, really fell in love with the process of developing a player and also the process of developing a program. And um, so it just kept snowballing and, and the Lord just kept opening doors, you know, time after time, uh, a, door, a door would open up and give me a chance to kind of move forwards. And um, I, I was very open about my desire to be a head coach at a division one program. I just thought that that was going to be the greatest thing for me to, to be a division one head coach. And so I moved in that direction, kept going forwards and eventually God opened a door for me. Um, I guess about eight years back to come and interview here at Liberty. And uh, it was just an amazing opportunity. When I got here, I was like, this is it. This is, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. And I would have been pretty upset if I didn't get the job. So um, from the research I did, um, Looked like you were the associate head coach at North Texas for six years before coming to Liberty. How did that position come open for you? Um, and what made you decide to go to North Texas? Well, right before I went to North Texas, I was the director of tennis and fitness at a, a pretty sizable club in Kentucky. And uh, I had been there for eight years and I just really felt like at that point, it was it had run its course. I'd been in the club business at that point for about 15 years, and I just realized that I didn't want to do that anymore. You know, it just wasn't that's not where I, I needed to be. And I was getting what I told my wife. I was getting the itch, and the every time I got the itch, that meant that the Lord was pushing me in a different direction. So for about a year, I had that itch, and I just knew it was time to to start looking elsewhere. And I told my, and I had other offers um, to run other clubs, but I just said, I just don't think that's what I'm supposed to keep doing. 
And um, I, I really felt like I was to go into college coaching. I had experienced that for a while. I just really felt like that was going to be my niche. But I knew that in order to get into Division One coaching, having never coached at the Division One level, I was going to have to start at the very bottom. So I looked for assistant coaching positions. I couldn't find that. I wasn't even qualified to be an assistant coach in, at Division One, um, just because I didn't have that background. So I searched for graduate assistant positions, and North Texas was one of them. I was looking for positions that were close to family, and we had family in the Dallas area. So uh, that job opened up. I knew nothing about North Texas, never, had never even heard of North Texas up to that point. But that was the position that was available. I applied for it. I received the job and, uh, and went there as a graduate assistant with zero pay. I, I wasn't getting a, a penny. <laughs> and, um, but things transpired, and, and uh, we moved into a position where we could be assistant coach and then eventually associate head coach. And uh, myself and the head, the head coach there, Sujay Lama, really hit it off. We had the same vision, the same style of, of coaching, and, and um, we had the same goals and were really able to help the program take off, which helped me to then put me, myself in position to be getting interviews for other division one positions. That's good. It's uh, sometimes the Lord takes us different paths to get to where we are, you know, um, right. at North Texas, you guys won a couple of conference championships, three conference championships, two, two. Okay. Um, when, when did you think it was time then to move on from North Texas to Liberty? What, what was your faith like at that moment? What was the Lord telling you in that moment? We were really praying really, really hard about um, what, what was to be the next step because I didn't feel like I was going to stay at North Texas forever. Um, I, I enjoyed my time immensely. Uh, Coach Lama and I are best of friends. We really enjoy our time together. Uh, but I felt like ultimately I went to North Texas for the purpose of, of getting a head coaching position. And I wanted to have that. So again, the itch came up um, about uh, a year before I, I actually came to Liberty, and I just realized that I had run, I had learned everything that I felt like I needed to learn from Coach Lama, and I really um, felt that I was ready to move on. And um, the itch just kept getting stronger and stronger, and so I started interviewing for a lot of different positions um, to get some of them to gain experience, and some of them because I really thought I might have have a, a shot at, at getting them and wanting them. Um, but uh, the Liberty job came up actually while I was interviewing at the University of Houston. And um, there were, I don't know, a couple hundred people that interviewed for that or was applying for that job. And it, I came down to the final three. So I really thought that I was going to have a good shot of getting this job. And I was actually at the interview when I received a call from the athletic director here at Liberty um, saying, you know, would you like to fly down and interview? And so uh, I actually said, well, hey, I'm actually in an interview in Houston. He said, can I just fly you from there? And so I said, well, sure. So I finished the interview at Houston and then uh, flew to Virginia. And um, I just really felt like when I got there that the itch stopped. And I just, I just knew that there was something special about this place and that this would be an opportunity for me to, to grow as a head coach. That's, that's very neat. Um, what was your, um, what were some things that you learned in North Texas that helped you transition to now being a full-time head coach at Liberty? Well, Coach Lama is, is a people person. He really, really loves being around individuals. Uh, he's, a, uh, he's an extrovert times 10, and uh, I'm not an extrovert times 10, uh, but I've learned that, that there are aspects of that 
that need to be there for a head coach. You need to be personal uh, with the people that are around you. Um, you need to develop relationships. So I think that that's, that's something I learned. Also learned um, uh, plans and strategies for how to schedule, how to recruit, how to coach, uh, how to develop, how to grow. And I actually went there believing I knew a lot about that, but I learned so much more uh, from Coach Lama. And, you know, he's, he had had so much success. He had won national championships before as a, co a coach and coached on the tour. He had a wealth of experience. So I learned a lot from him. And, uh, but I, I think the big thing was really just learning how to grow a program from the bottom to the top. And North Texas was definitely at the bottom. And for us to get to top 40 where, where we did in, I think, about four years, three, four years, we were able to do that. Um, it took certain, a certain skill set, and I was able to learn that from him. Um, that's good. Um, you've had some success at Liberty now, uh, eight years. Um, how was the, how was the process of getting to where you are now at Liberty with the team, um, nearing the top 50 almost every year now? How has that process been like, you know, the team was not very good when you started, but now we're, they're at a position now that they can compete for ch conference championships every year. How, how have you done that with the team? Well, it was actually very similar to North Texas. It, the ride was almost the same. It just take, it took maybe a, a year or two longer, but uh, it, it was very similar in that we, we had a team that needed some growth. And so the first thing that we needed to do was to establish a culture. There really wasn't much of a culture here to begin with. And so we needed to create a culture uh, where the players bought into it. The players believed that there was a vision and that there was a, an actual path to be able to get that vision accomplished. And so there was a lot of discussion, a lot of time spent with the team and a lot of development of, of the culture. Um, and then the recruiting became a big part of it. So we had to recruit players that fit into that culture and bought into it, but we also needed to develop uh, we need to bring in uh, talented players who could raise the bar a little bit. Uh, and then finally, scheduling became a big part. We needed to be very strategic in how we scheduled and what we needed to do uh, in order to create that growth and that climb up the rankings. So that was a big part of it. But what we also did as a staff is we, we really promoted ourselves. Nobody really knew much of anything about Liberty. So we spent a lot of time on the road telling people about Liberty, letting them see us at the national events. Uh, we tried to wear our biggest Liberty clothing that we could possibly wear when we would go out and make sure everybody saw us. And, and uh, I think that that was also a part of it because now Liberty is known in, in the college tennis circle. Uh, Liberty is known. We can go to any program and they know who Liberty is. And I think that's an important, important aspect for us for scheduling, but also for recruiting. You've talked about a little bit about your staff. Um, what, when you're looking for an assistant coach, what are some of the characteristics that you're always looking for? Well, I've had to, the, the neat thing is that even at a young age, I've had to require, uh, I've had to um, recruit staff and I've had to bring staff in, whether it was at clubs or whether it was at, um, on, on teams. And so I've had the opportunity to bring assistants along a number of times. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's important that you have an individual who, um, it's almost like a marriage. You need to have an ind individual who enjoys going alongside you, but also has the different skill sets. So they have common interests, common goals, 
but they oftentimes go about things in a different way. And I think that's very valuable, very important, because if you have, if you have a, a mini me uh, right, right by your side, then sometimes it, it's, it can be, become stagnant. But if you've got someone who has different skill set, uh, different uh, personalities and some, personalities traits in some areas, then that could really help growth and, and, and foster growth. So I've always had people that come along me that have the same type of passion or same type of desire and same type of goals about the sport and about the team, but, but have uh, different abilities. And um, so I, I feel like that has always served me well. It's always helped me. And the other thing that I've always, that I learned a lot uh, from coach Lama and some other people in the past was that um, it's very important to make sure that the people that are along, come alongside me feel like that they're a valuable part of the program. And if they feel like they're just, um, you know, uh, just a, a little person down here that's fulfilling some little small role, then it's really not uh, going to help that much. But if they feel like they're a big part of the program, then their talents and their skills blossom. And then they help the program that much more. So when I was younger, I was very much a micromanager. I wanted to try to do everything. I felt like I was better at everything than everybody else, which was really a, a bad way to think about things, but that's the way I did it. And I've learned getting older that, that it's so much better to be able to let people grow and come alongside you. And that way your, your program is, is filled with leaders who complement each other. They don't take over each other, but they complement each other. And uh, it just seems to have worked for me. Everywhere I've been, it seems to have been a, uh, a, good, a good product, a good way of doing things. That's nice. Um, I've noticed that in all of your answers, you've talked about culture. Um, how is the culture of your teams or um, how is your coaching philosophy, philosophy different because you're a follower of Jesus? Well, I think the, the big thing is like when I see other, other programs, whether it's college or professional or whatever it might be, high school, whatever it might be, and you, and you see a, a team or an organization, a business that is not led by a, a, a Christian, then they have a culture and there's probably some, there's always good things involved in, in that culture. But oftentimes it's, it's more driven by things that um, are more self-driven um, or things where that individual or that team, that team or that business is going to be glorified, it's going to be lifted up. When we're developing a culture here at Liberty um, and we have a Christian staff, it's, that's not part of the picture. Um, we're glorifying God and that's our primary purpose. And so we're trying to get better. We're trying to establish a team that cares about each other, that um, works together for the purpose of elevating Christ's name and not the team and not the individuals. We do have success. The individuals do win matches. They do get write-ups in the paper or on TV and the team does do all these things, but that's never our purpose. That's never the end result. And the culture is developed to try to grow that platform for Christ. So just a little bit different. Our goals, are, I think it's more our goals are a little bit different. If I sat down and wrote what our culture is, and then what is the culture of a non-Christian organization, there probably are similarities, but the end result is, is definitely different. Uh, I agree. I think it's, uh, it has to look different. You know, if it's Christian, it should be better and, and different. Um, 
you obviously like to pour a lot of yourself into your players and your staff, as you said before. Um, but in order to pour into others, you have to fill yourself first. What are some things that you do on a daily or weekly basis to stay close to God so that you can have that knowledge, that wisdom, that love to, uh, to pour into others? Well, I read the word every day. Uh, so that's important. I try to read through the Bible every year. Uh, I don't always get to do that, uh, but I, I'll try to make the effort to do that. Um, so this year, for example, I had read through the Bible the last few years. This year, I decided to do a little differently. And so every day I, I would read the New Testament, but uh, I have a Bible that it's a notes Bible and has tons of notes in it. So um, I would read, but then read all of the notes for each verse. And so that was like reading the whole Bible again. Um, but I did that and I've actually finished it ahead of time. And so then I'm going back and I'm going through Proverbs and Psalms over and over. And I, it's it just, um, I think it's important for me to have the word in me every day to, to make it, make me realize that that's the most important input that I can receive. Uh, I received all kinds of good input from other people and other books, but nothing can take the place of the word of God. And so that's something that I put it, try to put in me every day. Uh, and then I also, I love to, to listen to podcasts and sermons. I love going to church. I love um, uh, receiving input from other individuals who uh, I really respect, who I know have a Christ, strong Christian faith and can help me. So uh, I'm, I'm always trying to, to um, receive from other, other people as well. And I think it's important as a, as a Christian and as a leader to be a learner. And if I think the best leaders are learners. And so if you're, if you're constantly learning, if you're constantly growing, then it certainly helps you to lead other people. Yeah, I agree. Um, you talked about learning leaders, always learning. Um, what are some books or podcasts that you would recommend to a younger Christian coach who's just starting their uh, walk into this coaching culture and that could prepare them to, to be better coaches and to serve their players better as well? Well, the, the first name that pops out, well, obviously the Bible is, a, is what I would always recommend that uh, everybody <laughs> is focused on the Bible. That's the number one book. But uh, an individual that has really touched me, especially since I've been here at Liberty, is John Gordon. Uh, he has come to Liberty a few, a few times and spoke. Um, I've read some of his books and, and have listened to a lot of his podcasts. And so I really think that um, John Gordon is a a super guy and would be someone I would recommend for, for any young coach to, to get into his podcast and listen to his podcast and read his books. Uh, the book that really has hit me the most that he wrote was the energy bus. And that's, that's his big signature book. Um, it's a very short book, easy to read, but it's perfect for anyone who is trying to develop a team, whether it's a business or, or a, or an athletic program. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's like a blueprint basically for how you should do things you know, how, who, who should be in your program, who shouldn't be in your program, how you should structure that program. So I think that's a great book. Um, another book that I've always recommended to young Christians who are moving into leadership, especially in coaching, is A Ready Defense uh, by Josh McDowell. And that is, that is a book that I feel is very important to read because especially nowadays, um, coaches often have players of all different backgrounds, of all different faiths, uh, especially in tennis, which is the sport that I'm in, uh, they're from all over the world. And so I think it's important that you understand how to explain your faith 
and you need to understand other people's faith, what they believe and what they think about and how you can relate your faith to them. So that's a great book also that I would recommend. That's good. Um, I, I do agree. John Gordon is phenomenal. His books are so simple to read, yet the message is very deep. Um, mm -hmm. So, And it's easy for the players to read as well, to have a book club with the team and, and be able to share that message with them as well. Um, from my experience in coaching, balancing our family with the coaching aspect is one of the hardest jobs that we have. How, how do you go about doing that? Well, uh, the first thing that I do is I try to involve them in my program. So my wife has always been a part of my job, uh, going all the way back to the very beginning when I was running clubs. So she was a part of uh, the social events. She was a part of uh, the teams and the, the leagues and was, was around all the time. So um, it made her feel that she was a part of what I was doing. So when I would come home and talk about certain things, she knew exactly what I was talking about. Um, and when my son came along, it was the same thing. You know, when we were, when, when I was first teaching, he would sit in my cart and, uh, hand me balls as I would feed balls, you know, to, to my lessons. And so he was a part of things as well. And, um, it, it's been that way ever since. And I, I really think that's an important aspect is to include them in what it is that I'm doing. When we take trips, I try to take my wife on occasion on trips and my, my son and, this past year we went to Hawaii with the team. And so my wife and my son both uh, went with us and they had a blast hanging out with the team. So I feel like uh, that's an important aspect and also just the communication at home. It's important that we communicate. We talk about things. Um, being a coach is, can be a tough life sometimes because you're traveling a lot. You're, you're away a lot. Sometimes you have a lot of time at home and sometimes you have no time at home. And so it's, it's important that the communication stays very open I don't want to be, I've never wanted to try to be the, the husband or the father who comes home and just sits on the couch and doesn't talk and doesn't communicate. I want to come home. And oftentimes when I come home, I'm, I'm tired, and I, but I pray and I said, Lord, give me the strength to continue to pour into my family tonight. And so we'll sit down, we'll talk and we'll, we'll laugh and we'll have fun or we'll take walks. Um, even if I'm tired, we'll go do something. So I feel like that's an important thing that you, you still have to keep pouring into your, to your family as well. Those are some good tips. I think everyone will uh, be glad to try to apply some of those uh, in their lives. Um, Coach Marion, I know you have practice here soon. I want to be respectful of your time. So my last question is, how can we be praying for you and your family and your team? Well, I think that, you know, especially at this time in, in, in the world and things are, are difficult and we're, we're trying to figure out um, what, what is allowed and what is not allowed and what we can, what we can do uh, as a program to move forwards. Um, I think the, the, the way that we can most pray or you all can most pray is, is for our team to be able to um, continue to stay close to the Lord uh, and then to be able to continue to have that motivation uh, to prepare for the upcoming season uh, in the spring and, um, and just for overall health for all of us, uh, not just our team, but, but everyone here at Liberty and all of the athletic universities, athletic programs that we continue to have good health and we can um, represent our university, universities well. Well, Coach Marion, thank you so much. I'll close us out in prayer and uh, good luck the rest of the season for you and your team. Thank you. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for Coach Marion, uh, his time um, with us today. Um, Lord, I would like to lift up his team at Liberty that um, his uh, 
his players will stay healthy in these times and uh, the staff and everyone at Liberty and everyone around the world will, will now start to get healthier and we can start to go back a little bit more back to normal here soon, Lord. I pray that also Liberty's tennis team will stay close to the Lord, that they'll stay motivated through their hard work and that they'll always find a, a light in the end of the tunnel, which is you, oh Lord. Thank you so much for this time together and um, pray that we can all start to be more focused in you on a daily basis and continue to glorify you with our actions. And in my prayer, amen. I just loved that interview, Jan. Um, great interview for our, your first interview. And uh, Coach Marin uh, was just full of wisdom. And the biggest takeaway that I had was the itch. I, I loved hearing him um, talk about the itch there to get into college coaching. And, and then again, he had that itch after years of being an assistant coach. He felt he was ready to be the head coach. And, and he felt that was God leading him. I think it's a great testimony to how close he gets to God on a daily basis, uh, always seeking his guidance, because sometimes we feel itches, but we don't know if that's God talking to us or if it's the Satan, Satan, or if it's something else that is pulling our attention from God. But Coach Marin does a great job on a daily basis, and I can see it working with him so closely, how he's always seeking God first. Then he will know that that's what God's will is for his life at that time. I think coaches sometimes can get selfish and just work, 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 and think that God is talking to them when he's not. And Coach Marin does a great job of putting all his trust in God and following through with it, you know, because he could have felt the itch and also stayed back in North Texas, but he knew that that's what God wanted for him, and he did it, and it's paying off. For sure, he he had courage to to follow that leading, and you know I've I've followed you guys' program here uh, since he arrived, and I've heard a lot of great interviews on his strategy, his tactics. I know he's a great tennis coach, and that's why I was so excited for you to interview him, so that I could just hear a little bit more of his heart, some of the behind the scenes um, topics, and uh, I think you were able to draw that out of him, so that uh, I could hear it and, and our listeners, and that's why I'm so excited for for all these conversations that are, that are coming up with other awesome Christian coaches. Cause there's so many out there and um, Jean, this is, will be the end of, of episode one, but we just want to encourage you coach that uh, you are in a mission field, right where you're at, um, at your school and your team. If you're heading home, it's your mission field and uh, you're now entering the mission field, but we will see you next time on the Christian coach podcast.